So here he is in our salon and spa, and I had his complete attention because I thought back to 2013 and I'm like, this is my opportunity. And so I sat him down and I literally presented to this, this person who just was coming in to just say hello and meet and greet. And all of a sudden I turned it into a presentation. And guess what? By the end of it, it wasn't very long. And he said, you've got my commitment. And all of a sudden he introduces the bill for on behalf of the whole entire industry. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Shop Talk Podcast brought to you by 124GOM, your co-host, Chris Suleme. And as usual, sitting here with my great friend, Mr. John Palmieri. And we um, actually have a really important guest. Wicked important? Yeah. I would say wicked important. I mean, certainly if I was north of the border, I would definitely say. North of Connecticut. Absolutely. Um, But we do. We have a wicked important guest uh, that's sitting across the computer screen from us today. Um, who, you know, took out her time. Um, And it's really interesting because we meet a lot of amazing people in the industry. And I think artistic, as an artistically influenced industry, Mm -hmm. um, I think it's always, you know, common to see people kind of, you know, maybe spouting off a political view or taking a side on something. But in all, in all honesty, never really putting a dog in the fight. Mm-hmm. But um, this person is a salon owner, you know, a, a, a re- I'm going to say a regular person that's, you know, owns a salon that does what most of all of us out there are doing um, and got tired of, you know, the way things were uh, being. And I'm, I'm going to say law, you know, certain laws around the way we run our salons and the way we're taxed on our dollars Um a big part of our dollars, we as we know in the industry, comes from gratuities mm-hmm. and tipping. And behind the backs, probably, or maybe hidden in plain sight, uh, there have been some laws that, that actually have been setting salon owners back for a long time. Um, and rather than sitting on the sidelines anymore, um, you know, this individual decided, hey, I'm going to you know, I'm going to stick my nose in this fight and see what happens. And, it, and it's, you know, been growing some momentum and building some momentum, and uh, she's been making some moves, and so hopefully, uh, you know, this progress will continue. And so, anyway, we're on the podcast today with Miss Paula Hinton. So, welcome, Paula. Thanks for being on Chop Talk. Thank you for having me. What we're about to talk about is, is I feel like John, a really high level conversation. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, when when things feel, a lot of salon owners can feel like, ah, oh, that's just, you know, that's, you know for lack of a better term, above my pay grade. Oh, I, I'll never be able to make a difference. But, you know, this is somebody who's, like, doing what you're doing, owns a salon, you know, in a town. Um, how did this become interesting to you? How did it come onto your radar? Um, tell us about this, because it's, it's a big piece for a lot of people to digest um, mentally that they, could even, that they could even have an effect. So initially, I had heard about this... Uh FICA tip tax issue at a serious business conference many years ago. And in 2013, I actually had done um, one of the Lobby Days events with PBA. And so I was there with Myra and Bridget, and I was the only salon owner. And I was actually inspired because I had read an article on Salon Today that Stacey Sobel had written. And she had like this checklist of things of, you know, it was the beginning of the year. So it's things of like how to challenge yourself and what to do. And it was, you know, maybe 
remodel a part of your building or to, you know, whatever checklist was. And one of them was to get involved for something, you know, for the good of the industry or something like that. So I kind of just put two and two together and I looked at it and I'm like, okay, I went to serious business. I read this article. So I reached out to Myra and to, well, to Myra and I said, I'm interested in helping because when I had seen um, a small panel of people talking about it, um, that was the first time that I realized what was happening in my payroll. And that was in 2013. And I had been open since 2006. And that is in this uh, adventure that I'm realizing that a lot of salon owners don't realize it until you tell them that this is happening in their payroll because we're just too busy. We're just, yeah. we're lucky when we press submit on payroll and we run as fast as we can to the next task. So, um, so that was the way that I learned about it. So then fast forward, um, there was a, a, an occurrence, I can say, that was a very, my best day at work, is um, the tax reform bill in 2017 had been passed into law. And if you guys recall, there were a lot of banks and big companies that were giving out $500 and $1,000 bonuses. Mm -hmm. So uh, when that happened, my husband and I looked at each other and we said, that's really cool because it's going to allow for business owners to do a lot more with that tax reform bill. So we decided to do the same thing. So I called the bank, my local bank, and I said, by the way, do you, do you happen to have, you know, uh, you know, a hundred, one hundred dollars, you know, one hundred dollar bills. I need ten thousand dollars in a hundred dollar bills. And they said, Paula, what are you doing? And I'm like, ah, don't worry about it. But do you have a hundred, one hundred dollar bills? Yeah, come on in. So I came in and go to the other room and I we count out, you know, ten thousand dollars. And so I called an all team huddle and I just wanted 15 minutes of everybody's time. And I literally walked into the back room and I had like a little briefcase and I opened up the briefcase and there was $10,000 that was in the back room. So when I opened it up, everybody looked at it and I said, have you ever seen $10,000 before? Everybody was kind of quiet. And so I then proceeded, I had already wrapped them up in $500 stacks and I handed every single employee back there $500. So with that story, it got attention um, from the Chicago Tribune. I found myself on the cover and in the business section. And then all of a sudden, I am now being asked to go out to Washington, D.C. to speak at a gala. I go through Houseways and Means, like all of these things. So I did go into my representative's office because, again, you should get to know your representative a little bit. Um, and right. so I did. And they were interested in what, what was this buzz? What did I do? So I explained it to them. And so then uh, fast forward, I welcomed for them to come and see our location and to talk to our employees, and they did. Um, and Darren LaHood, who's my representative, he stood in the same spot where I handed out the $500 to each person. Mm -hmm. And he asked everybody, what did you do with that? So it just was a very cool way that, you know, that this thing, I'm not a big company, I'm not, you know, a major bank. And that we did it. So that's why there was that um, interest of the Chicago Tribune and, and everybody else. So, um, and, and it went right back into the economy or people saved or whatever it was. Sure. Well, sure. in that meeting, when Darren was in, he said, thank you for doing this. It's great to be able to see, you know, how business owners um, help the economy too. And then I call it maybe he made one mistake. And he said, is there anything else I can do for you? Anything? And I'm like, well, actually, 
actually, yeah, there's this, <laughs> there's this thing. Like, uh, issue in my business. And he's like, what do you mean? So here he is in our salon and spa. And I had his complete attention because I thought back to 2013 and I'm like, this is my opportunity. And so I sat him down and I literally presented to this, this person who just was coming in to just say hello and meet and greet. And all of a sudden I turned it into a presentation. And guess what? By the end of it, it wasn't very long. And he said, you've got my commitment. And all of a sudden he introduces the bill for on behalf of the whole entire industry. So wow. that's what got me here today. Nice job. That, that is that is absolutely incredible. And I know we can't, now I'm buzzing to hear more. Right. Um, but we're going to put the brakes on because uh, I, I think it was great. You teased us with the end of the movie a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and now we'll get there. But, um, you know, we know that uh, Paula's not a hairdresser. Yeah. She got in this industry differently. So, John, yeah. why don't you kind of lead us out in the direction? Let's have this conversation. And Yeah. I can't wait to hear more. So for Paula, Paula and I, you know, have a past life together. Um, we had done some work together in the past, and I know that Paula is not not a hairdresser yet. You decided that this was an industry you wanted to to embrace. So tell us about that journey. Why this industry? What was the attraction for you? How'd you get here? So my background is I have a double major from Illinois State University in Central Illinois uh, with marketing and international business. So my motto is I have no business being in this business. Um, I truly don't. I, you know, so talk about feeling like you don't belong. But in the meantime, uh, it's, it's leading people and coming up with an idea and concept that you know that will be supported by you know, clients or guests or whatever it may be. So I just had this idea here in Peoria. There was nothing like what I had brought to life. Um, which was everything uh, service related under one roof. So that way you're not going somewhere to do your hair, somewhere to do your nails, somewhere else to do massages. So it is, um, it's a full service fun salon, Aveda since 2006. And and basically we look at it truly as a team. So I'm not going to pretend that I know how to cut hair. I, I mean, I, I always tell people, I actually, I, I could cut hair if I wanted to, I can take scissors and I can cut somebody's hair. <laughs> but I also can cut construction paper. I'm sure you want me to cut your hair. So it doesn't mean that if you cut hair, you're going to cut hair well. Okay. Right. So but exactly. I would never pretend that I was a hairstylist or a massage therapist or anything like that. So I think in this industry, uh, sometimes it's a little uh, more individualized than people realize. And when you actually mm-hmm. have a team where it's like, okay, you cut hair really well, go. Go do that as best as you can. That's your passion. That's your love. Okay, you love doing massage. Great. You handle that. You, I know how to run a business, and I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. I've had people challenge me saying, you know, you know, you know, don't know what you're doing or whatever it may be. In the meantime, I say, you know what? Go to the bank. Get yourself a loan. Anybody can run a business. It's just can you run a business well? Just like can I cut hair? Yes. But can I do it well? No, no, I can't. So I'm not going to pretend. So, so basically it's leading people. Yeah. And I think that's awesome because I think that one of the challenges, you know, we talk about this on the podcast often is that, um, 
that's the struggle for many salon owners is the leadership piece, right? Because we're good at doing hair or we're good at doing massage or we're good at doing nails and the leadership piece we struggle with. I like your analogy of how it's a team. You're good at hair, you're good at nails, mm -hmm. you're good at massage. Hey, guess what? I'm good on the leadership <coughs> business side. And if we put all our skills together, you know, how amazing can that be, mm -hmm. right? So, you know, thanks for that. I'm also really impressed lately by... <coughs> how many people that we're meeting mm -hmm. that are, um, I don't want to say owning up to, mm -hmm. I want to say I'm developing more respect for a person when they go, that's not my expertise. That's your expertise. I, I'm going to keep this whole thing together for everybody. Yeah. You know, so you don't get, you know, have, uh, uncle Sam come in and slap a big tax bill on you. So, you know, when the, um, state board comes in to look right. around that we don't have fines, that we have a beautiful space always for, mm -hmm. you know, our guests when they come in and you get to come in and just be an awesome hairstylist mm -hmm. and like do what you love. And, you know, my promise to you is this environment that people will want to come to that will right. be safe, that will be. And I, I just, I'm, I'm learning as a 46 year old, uh, who's been in the industry for years, I think I'm just now learning the the true deep respect and understanding for that. Mm -hmm. So um, you've got this, you have this wonderful location, you know, this day spa, um, hair salon, you know, all these great services that you offer. You know, we talked previously about, you know, how you got into the, the tax, the tip tax issue. But for those people who don't know, I want to touch on this a little bit is, why is this a challenge for us? And maybe more specifically, the restaurant industry doesn't, you know, has this, you know, leeway. How come we don't? You know, did the did the did we get left out? Did it was it purposeful? Did the restaurant industry do something we didn't? Talk talk a little bit about that because I think most people don't know that that even exists, right? I guess I want to make sure that we clarify really quick what it is we're talking about on sure. this podcast now. So yeah. maybe yeah, so um, we'll go there then. Edit. Tell us about this program that you're working on now and um, this government program that you're trying to help us as the industry move forward on. I know it's around tips and the taxes that have to do with that. So give us a little bit more information. So the part that I had learned until, I didn't know until somebody told me, is that whenever we're doing our payroll, you go ahead and whether it's commission or there's a, a wage that's being paid, it is being paid, but uh, tips, when those are being placed into the paycheck, they are considered wages. So what happens is it is, although it might be a line item on a, uh, on a, on a pay stub, but in the meantime, it is wages. So whenever wages come into play, uh, a lot of people don't realize, but salon owners do, is that with FICA taxes, which is made up by Social Security and Medicare, that half of it is paid by the employee and the other half is paid by the employer. So the half that we pay is 7.65%. So if you multiply that times two, that's how much the government will get from that paycheck. Because tips are clumped into that paycheck, that means that we as spa salon owners, we are now paying the FICA charges not only on the wages that we can anticipate and we can plan on and we've made revenue off of, but then there is this little secret tip part that we cannot control. We do not know from one day to the next how generous a 
guest or a client is going to be. So a person might say, you know what, you know, here's a hundred bucks because it's the holidays or you're getting married or whatever it may be. I, I don't plan for that. So now on whatever the amount is, when you're paying that 7.65% on gratuities that you don't get a single dollar from, that is why we are here today. And because their wages as an employer, not only do we have to do Social Security and Medicare, but then sneaks in the state unemployment tax, which is regulated by all the states. There is a percentage we have to pay for that. And then on top of that, there is the credit card fees, which start at 3% and go up. Although there's conversation of, oh, it's the cost of doing business or whatever it may be, although the cost of doing business to a certain point, just we have to recognize that is what it's costing us as a salon spa owner to facilitate a tip is made up by four parts, the Social Security, Medicare, state unemployment tax, and the credit card fees. So that is what's gotten us down to this burden that we've got. And it is, it's, it's unfair because no. to the point of this part of it, there is the restaurant industry who does get a tax credit for that section of payroll. So let's break this. Yeah, let's break this down into, let's simplify this just a little bit for folks at home, right? So the, the basic challenge is, is that when you get a $10 tip, right, the salon owner's got to pay between $1.25, $1.30 in taxes for money that salon never got, right? Because that money goes to the employee and great for them because they did a good job and they deserve it. But the salon's paying another $1.20, $1.30 in tips, uh, in taxes for every $10 you get when you add up all those fees. Now, as you said, we say that's the cost of business, but the thing is, it's one thing if you're actually making money, it's another thing when you're giving that $10 to somebody else, right? So the what second second part of it causes for people to question yeah. something having to do with tips saying, well, then we won't be a tipping salon. Right. And that's a customer service part of uh, think of your mannerisms. If I was to go somewhere and they say, okay, we don't take credit card. That's how people pay now from Apple pay to, I mean, they're just flashing a phone there. They've got cards. They don't, a lot of people don't carry cash. So, so that mentality only brings our industry backwards instead of forwards. We're supposed to be able to service these guests. And so for us to try to work around the system, technically doesn't get us out of the IRS's eyes, FYI, and also is not, it's not a good business practice for an industry that we want to elevate, not bring. Yeah, well, it's a, now we're putting, you know, ATM machines in the hallway yeah, yeah. or we're, yeah. you know, telling staff members that they're going to have to pay the two to three or 4% for, you know, yeah. fees, you know, it just gets icky, right? Yeah. Um, for lack of a better way to put it. And it can get some of us in IRS trouble because well, what we'll do is we won't put tips on there at all. We'll just claim cash. And meanwhile, the employee, you know, and again, they deserve the tip of <clears throat> money that they got. They worked hard for it. But when you start having to squirrel away that money and pretend you never got it, you know, that only leads to IRS problems down the it, road. It just leads for, I mean, I'm as I'm listening, I'm remembering back yeah. to all of the different things that we tried over the years mm -hmm with tipping and yeah. you know i mean before when atms were like this big you know it was almost like you had to move in a full they were bank a refrigerator and, right yeah um and it's it's like i i guess 
as an owner, I mean, I'm, I'm sitting here, I'm kind of like thinking about people that might be listening. I don't, I never knew why we were doing that either. Mm -hmm. Like the fact that this has almost been pulled kind of over the eyes of our industry when mm -hmm. our sister service industry, which I really, I mean, I really consider restaurants to be yeah. a very similar, you know, a, a service, uh, worker in a restaurant is one of my favorite clients, right? They're also my favorite employees. Yeah. Anybody that's yes. ever worked in a service restaurant business, they're like, you have? Great, you're hired. Yep, they you know? understand the hospitality piece. Right, yeah. My best employees were always people that worked in the service industry beforehand. Yeah. Which brings us back to that, because you mentioned that, the restaurant industry gets tax credits. And good for them. How did they get it? How did we, as the hair industry, not? Was it purposeful? Did the, did the restaurant industry do something right? What can we learn from, from them? Great question. So for the comment that I made where some people come up with solutions on how to uh, fix this, if that's what you want to call it, by trying yeah. to avoid it. And that word is a nasty word in the IRS. Don't avoid things because yeah. that's what gets you caught. So instead of avoiding... How about excluding? Because there is, like you said, the restaurant industry who has this pardon and they, they get a credit for their social security and Medicare taxes. So the how they got it. So if you can imagine, the restaurant industry is much, 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 much larger than ours. So the dollars behind that and the lobbying that they've got in DC is, is instrumental and it's large. So that's why I have a lot more respect and I hope that people understand, you know, in our day-to-day -day lives, everybody, there's so many times that I always think that people are trying to sell me something more than they want to buy something. You know, they want you to, you know, buy this, it'll, it'll promise you more customers, it'll do this, it'll do that. When is somebody going to buy things, right? So we constantly are hit up with expenses, but then when we get to things also like, you know, the Professional Beauty Association is the PBA or whatever other associations. When you have the restaurant industry that has so many associations and they are supported because people will pay membership dues, that's what causes for them to be able to go and, and make the fight in DC and to stand up for their rights. Because I guess with, with just this little snippet of FICA alone, and I can even relate it to my business as well as we touched upon earlier. If I am your leader, I hope that you can trust me that I'm going to do the right thing. Okay. It's on me if I don't. Okay. If you invest in a professional beauty association or whatever association, you don't have to be involved in the weeds. But all I want to know is if I make out this check for whatever it may be, can I trust that association to go and make the good fight for yeah, things like regulation or for yeah. like this FICA thing or whatever it may be. So because sometimes us as business owners, me included, it's like one more thing that's going to cost me money. What am I going to get out of it? There are things that associations are doing that we don't even realize that they're doing. And we will be grateful without realizing or potentially contributing. So if this FICA thing goes through, it will impact people that I have never met before or probably are a part of association or will ever be. So the key to it is I'm not sitting here and campaigning, like go and join an association. But if you're like at home, some people are part of the chamber of commerce. You know, if you keep asking what's in it for me until you do something with the chamber of commerce, you can make that work for you. Right. But from a in, in uh, industry level, 
we need associations. So the moral of the story is the restaurant industry is backed up by a lot more money than what our industry is. So they can make things happen. So, yeah. Well, so what we're asking for, you know, as an industry, is we're ac- asking to get the same tax credit for the expenses that we pay on other people's tips that the restaurant industry is getting. We're not asking for anything special. We just want the same thing. Right. right? So what it's causing us to do, so the PDA has been working on this for over 20 years, okay? And just a little asterisk, I am a PDA member. I have been for a long time, but I am not on the board. Like I said, I'm I'm one of you guys. I am not on the board. I... I just am passionate about this. I'm not getting paid by anyone. I'm actually paying to be able to take these trips to DC or whatever it may be. So it's actually costing me money that I have no guarantee if this is going to work. And if it doesn't, it's not because I didn't put a good fight into it. Okay. <laughs> but right. it's, you know, so as far as, you know, how many Paula Hintons are there out there? I got to tell you, um, this is a lot of work. You know, so it's not going to be that I'm going to, after this is done, I'm not going to be like, oh, can I do that again? What else can I work on? (laughs) Okay, I've got some leadership skills, but I need a team of people because right now I'm doing a lot of stuff on my own and I'm very grateful for these types of things to get the word out, but it, it, it can't work this way. This is too long of a process and that's why you need these associations which employ people to be able to do this as their job versus me working in the middle of the night because I had to get other things done because I, I also own a business, you know, so right. call it, you know, balancing it. So sure. because the PBA was aware and is working with the lobbying firm that I am in close contact with all the time, the lobbying firm that we have in DC through the PBA is, uh, there's members on that, um, on that organization, on the, in that company that was in, um, in, in with the other bill where the restaurant industry where that passed. Oh, okay. So they so have the experience. A good thing. So because the PBA knew that there was something out there like this, that is why it's gotten traction to be able to just say, we are not looking to reinvent the wheel. We just want to be treated the same way as what this industry is being is being granted. It sounds like it would be so much easier. It you know, there it sounds like with knowing that the restaurant industry has that blessing. It sounds like somebody would just go like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Now, I know it's not that easy when you're going through government, but. So that is the token question that why I need the help. So first and foremost, we are trying to change federal law. That is not a small task, okay? So if you let that sink in for a second, and which, again, allows me to understand and respect the process, you can't just change a law for the whole country with just a few people. So there are these committees in D.C. Again, I never took a poli-sci class, so I am dangerous with my information that I've been learning along the way. So uh, there is the House and the Senate. We all remember that from eighth grade. So if I was to take the eighth grade test again now, I would so ace it. I got this. Uh We need need that that, that Saturday morning cartoon, I'm a Bill. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, living on Capitol Hill. I love that one. So there's the House and there's the Senate. And there are different committees out there. So for our tax concern, the uh, committee that it is in for the House side is the House Ways and Means Committee. 
That is where my representative, Darren LaHood, he's part of that committee, which was another reason why the stars all aligned with everything. On the mm -hmm. Senate, it is the Senate Finance Committee. So basically, mm -hmm. there's about 42 members on the House side and 28 members on the Senate side. And what we need is we need the majority of people to learn and understand the bill. So then that way, when it goes to vote, they will vote hopefully for it, okay? Now, what is interesting with our bill is, is that as you try to get co-sponsors, and that basically is a person who says, okay, I understand your bill, and if it was to come to vote, I would vote for it. Now, mm -hmm. my mission is to get to as many of those 42 people on the House and on the Senate, 28 people as I can. So that's the outreach that I need because if a constituent does not ask for this or does not become a champion of this, if I was to call a different state that I don't even reside in or do business in, they're like, you don't even live here. What are you doing? You know, you can't explain your problems to someone else. So what my mission is, is to say, okay, there's salon owners everywhere. We have these networks of, of people that go to these conferences and all of that. So here's been my challenges. Number one, I have to first educate all these spot and salon owners. That's been very hard. And thank you for this podcast and the other opportunities that I've had. But that's a challenge in itself because you have a salon owner who has a million questions about what it means and what it is and to have them understand what's going on. Then I've got the challenge of getting in touch with the right individuals and now having a salon owner feel comfortable to go and reach out, ask for a meeting to be able to talk or have a, a meeting with that office, which I have now interjected myself and I've made everybody feel comfortable saying, how about this? You're the constituent, I need you. I'll do all the talking. <laughs> and all I need is for you to put in your personal uh, aspect to it and I will get it done because I have done so many of these calls that I know the questions that are gonna be asked and like I said, I'm getting dangerous every day. I know the answers to them. So what the value is, is that when, when you have a tax legislative assistant is an ideal person to have a meeting with, you don't have to have a meeting with the representative or the senator. You don't. Let's face it, like in our own businesses, we all know you don't have to go to the owner to get things done. If you have a real team, you can go to the right people, whether it is, um, you know, your, your office staff or front desk staff, we can get it done. The owner does not have to be involved. Okay. And so that is the beauty of it. So I'm targeting all the tax legislative assistance because it's a tax bill in those offices. So now I will go ahead and present when they have questions because of the value of what I learn every single day, I can answer it. So there is no back and forth in saying, what about this? The salon owner doesn't know the answer, now has to go find it. But by the time that they get back to their desk, they have 10 other things that just came up. Yeah. Yeah. They might not get back to them. Then if they do get the information back to the person that you had the meeting with, now you can imagine everybody out there has a problem or issue that they want their attention. So what I'm doing is I'm saving weeks or months at a time of just knowing the answer, answering it back, and then that way we can just put the start from that point on instead of... So so do these these meetings happen? So if uh, a, a salon owner gets a meeting with a, um, a person that needs to listen, somebody in government, 
they then do do a FaceTime with you? What, so I that? created my own FICA page. And if you just search FICA uh, tip tax, it'll come up. Okay. On Facebook. If you search FICA tax tip yeah. um, or fairness for the beauty industry or whatever it may be, but officially I called it FICA tax tip fairness yeah. for the beauty industry. Okay. So that Facebook page, although there's some people that are. I'm sorry. I'm going to stop you for one second. By the way, we'll have, uh, we'll just have that link down in the show notes here. So if you're listening and you're interested, you want to check this out, um, just scroll down to the show notes and click the link. So with the, with that platform, I know that there's so many other social media platforms, but really Facebook in the end ends up being a way that I can update people. People are collaborating on it. So they're tagging people saying, you know, if I say I need help from this state or from this region, someone who knows a business owner there will tag them or add them to the group or whatever it may be. So people are also collaborating, which is awesome to see. And then also it is like my, my cries of help, I call them, where it's just like, okay, I need someone now from this area. And people will like post back. And then what I have done is I then get in touch with them I have them submit to me their tip report. I'm not looking for revenue. I don't care about your profit margins. I don't care. All I want to know is how much in one year's time did you facilitate in tips and about approximately how many employees. The reason for that is because when I am uh, talking through and I'll present their materials or they can say that part, what I have learned that has projected this much faster is Although associations are great, because I just talked about that, they're wonderful. But when you have any kind of uh, interaction, when you're talking about an industry, it is a completely different conversation versus saying, this is about me and my business. Sure. Sure. The intention is, is, you yeah. are a person, you have a face that I'm looking at. Right. So because it's more relative, I will go ahead and customize these materials, every single one of them. I'm touching, okay? Yeah. I customize them. And so that way, when we get to that point, just saying, here, let me lead you through what a $20 tip looks like. Let me lead you through what a $100 tip looks like. And then, bam, like my number was over 170 Yeah, why don't you lead us? Why don't you lead us through that? Because I've seen you do that. You sent us a video of you kind of really simply walking through, you know, what that means in real dollars percent. I think a lot of times people are listening to percentages, right. you know, and okay, FICA tax, you know, the, the government takes it all anyway, but like, let's talk real dollars. Cause I thought you gave a great example recently at where were you on stage at recently? It was serious business down in new Orleans and right. that put on by the Neil corporation and I had the opportunity to present to about 2,000 people. So talk about being able to just get people's attention. They gave me seven minutes on stage. So I was like, try to talk as fast as I could and be as effective as I could because it's it's a deep conversation and nobody really wants to talk about taxes, quite frankly. I mean, you do you do if you're you're you know you're losing money on it. So so walk us through that example because I felt you gave a really nice example um, in real dollars. Yes. So um, the example I gave there was $100 because let's be uh, realistically, let's say in a given day's time, someone will collect $100 in tips. It's a nice round number. So in that $100, it comes from maybe multiple people. Um, when 
the owner goes ahead and puts that into the paycheck, they have to go ahead and do their due diligence of what is mandated by the state and by federal law. The amount of money from the $100 that that employee is going to actually receive after Social Security and Medicare is eliminated is about $92, okay? But that $100 for us, instead of getting, it is costing because that Social Security and Medicare, an owner has to match it, and that's that 7.65 number. So when we match that, and then you put in unemployment, and then you put in credit card fees, for a, a realistic number for a salon owner or spa owner, they are paying about 11 plus dollars for every hundred dollars that is being tipped. And all I'm doing is it's going through the till and I'm putting it in the payroll, but I'm stuck in the middle of having to pay this money on money I didn't make. Right. So, I also talked through and just saying, everybody's happy in this, in this $100 tip. The $100 tip, though, turns into a $111 transaction when it's all said and done because of this middle part of what we're being charged. So right. if you stop and pause for a second and say, what, how the heck does a $100 tip grow to a $111 transaction? That's why we're here. <laughs> it's because it's costing business owners money, so we're being punished for actually accepting gratuities on behalf of our team. And, and that does not make sense. Any business owner will tell you that what we're doing in our industry is not smart at all. <laughs> Anybody that, <clears throat> I mean, I'm listen, I'm not a, an, an immense lover of math. I mean, I, I do enjoy it, but um, even I can look at it and go, that doesn't sound like a good business opportunity to me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No. It's a math. If you look at it and say, okay, fine. Now we're going to be a no tipping salon. Or you make your guests go through the effort of remembering tips, tip money, or having that silly ATM machine, all tacky things. This is not where we want our industry to go, right? And not to mention, even if those things are in place, it's just that opportunity that will potentially turn into um, somebody being stiffed, okay? Yeah. I, I'm not going to do that to my team. So I'm not going to say we're not going to put it through the till. We're not going to put it through the credit card machine. That's not fair. It's not fair. What's really, really unfair is that the restaurant industry get it and we don't. So why don't we put our efforts into that and fixing that and then everything else will follow. That's what a reputable um, yeah. industry we should be doing, you know? So it's not to try and solve the problem in a, a mischievous way. It's just more or less to say, time, you've recognized it. And every time, every time I have a meeting and I talk through this thing, the other people on the other side are like, yeah, that, that makes sense. Well, yeah. of course it does, but we have <laughs> <laughs> Because you know just enough to be dangerous, remember? No, that's right. <laughs> so, and here's the thing, for the most part, people that I'm talking to have hair and I always sign off with, every time you go and get your hair cut, you're gonna always remember this conversation. Yeah. So no joke, it's top of mind, no pun intended, that every time that they are walking past or in to get their hair cut, you know they are 
thinking of this crazy girl from Peoria, Illinois, trying to just explain to them this, this phenomenon. And everybody says it makes sense, but that is now my middle challenge. So my first challenge is educating the salon owner. The second one is now, finally, you make the connection, educating that representative's office, and then to finally get the co-sponsor. So when we get a co-sponsor, I do such happy dances that I can't even explain because it's just like, oh, thank God somebody listened. And now it's, but, and you can't do one at a time. I've got so many irons in the fire. It, I, I'm trying not to get confused because in the meantime, I'm still trying to run a business. It's overwhelming. But in the meantime, I can't stop and do one at a time because if we don't have this pass by the end of the year, because it's an election year and then we're going to have potentially new people in some of these positions, you literally have to reintroduce the bill number. Like it starts so much from zero. It's not even funny. Like they don't even give you the same bill number to reference. Now you have to educate someone on a brand new bill number and you have to start all over again. <laughs> and I don't want to. So that's why time is of the essence of me trying to get in touch with, I, I just have lots of, of people that I'm reaching out to so that simultaneously we can just charge. Yeah. I'm looking at, um, and I know this sounds kind of silly, but I think it's appropriate in the, our political times. I'm looking at your Facebook page and you've got, you know, the house bill sponsor and co-sponsors. And on the Senate side, you have your sponsor and co-sponsor. What I like is you've got two Republicans and two Democrats, right? So this isn't, this isn't a partisan issue, right? This is what's good for everybody. So that's what is also in our favor for our industry. Not only is it bipartisan, which means that you have Democrats and Republicans on the bill. That is a major win right there. But there, nobody's opposing it. There isn't like, this is not a, a, an extreme bill. Like there's some other things that are extreme where you have people like going to DC to just like voice their opinions. Okay. We're not taught. This is not rocket science. Okay. This is about something that's already established. So the mere fact that we don't have anybody opposing it, it, it makes it that much easier. So how do we, um, how do we help? Yeah. How, how I'm listening. I'm a salon owner. I think one of the things, you know, we started off, you know, kind of off, off, uh, off mic is, we were talking about the representatives, the senators that are in our districts, because you made it quite clear that the real power comes from when you call your senator or you call your representative because you are one of their constituents. You have a voice with them. So let's start there. So on the representative side, that is where people in your districts, you have a representative. And it is there's a gajillion res uh, representatives, but the key people are these 42. So what's really uh, unfortunate, sometimes I have a very enthusiastic owner, but the representative isn't someone who at the end of the day is going to vote on it. Now- so we, need one, we need one of those 42 people. And, and, and there, there's a list on your page, I'm guessing? Yes. So there's a list of these people on the Facebook page. Yes. So that's the ideal thing. And that's where I put the polls. Like if you are uh, in this district or whatever it may be. However, when I have a very eager owner that's willing to help me, I still yeah. will put my time into it because what's interesting in this whole political thing that I've learned is that if we still get, you can still have a co-sponsor that's not on one of those committees. And in fact, we have quite a few on the House side that are not on the House Ways and Means Committee, but they still co-sponsored it. What happens sure. is that when an office looks at a bill number, they immediately go and say, how many co-sponsors and who are the co-sponsors? And I relate it to this. You know, when you're invited to an event 
It's like, who's going to go and what table am who's I sitting? Okay? Yeah, who's going? Yeah, who's going? Right? So that's exactly what they're doing. So then when they say, oh, okay, that's who co-sponsored it. We've done a lot with their office. We have the same views. It just mm -hmm. helps because it's just one more context. So that's why I never say no if I have a very eager owner that's outside of my little, my focal area because that person will influence potentially other people. Somebody knows somebody and somebody knows somebody. I mean, if you know, you never know who a hairstylist is going to know that you used to work with in this industry. Yeah, it's the same thing. And, yeah. and, you know, obviously in politics, if you're in politics, you might mm -hmm. have relationships that don't have anything to do with the fact that they're in that committee or not. But this is how specific and why it's so important for constituents. I'll give you this example. Carrie Bennett is a salon owner in California. Uh, she is a spitfire. She's one of my biggest cheerleaders. She's awesome. We went ahead because she's in the state of California. Okay, so she reached out to her representative who, um, Representative Eshu is her name. She did co-sponsor, but she's not in the house phase of means. But we still got her co-sponsor. That was a plus. Well, then there's there was a Jimmy Panetta that we wanted to be able to reach out to and he's in California, but doesn't represent her district. So I had uh, made a connection in DC and I got a phone call with Jimmy Panetta's tax legislative assistant and we put Carrie on, being that she's from the state of California. We go through the whole thing. And so at the end he says, okay, I understand it, but I need at least two constituents from my district. So just because she lives in California doesn't mean that it's a go. You literally right. have to have a constituent, which makes sense, okay? Because yeah. why, would you re why would you do the work for sure. someone that you don't even represent? Sure. So although she did it, so it's like one of those moments of like, yeah, kind of a yay, you know? Like, yeah. okay, so we got it. But you know what Carrie did? She jumped she in the car and she went and made friends in those districts. So we had <laughs> two constituents, no joke. I mean, this is like, an ideal funny story to this whole thing. So she makes friends. We have two constituents. One of them only like employs like three people. She was so small. So it doesn't have to be a salon that has a hundred employees. So she got two people. They, we got the contact. I send it out to DC. No joke. They freaking co-sponsor. And I'm like, yes, that's fantastic. So even though, so Carrie was involved in it, but she also got, denied because although she's uh, energetic we literally have to have the co-sponsor from those districts so just respecting the process and being able to get to it that's why i am looking for the co-sponsor or for constituents um and obviously the districts are also listed um in on the facebook page as well right so so all the so if you're curious oh you know i live in a small area i live you know go to the facebook page and have a look, read through the information. And if you have any questions, obviously, I mean, Paul, I know that when I reached out to you, you were super easy to get on the phone. I mean, uh, this is something you're obviously taking very seriously and taking a lot of time on. So how, what's the best way to, uh, to reach out to you as far as, is it email? Is it on, on the Facebook page? Yeah, that Facebook page ends up being the best. And then if people do the messenger, I always go and check my other mailbox. Um, it is just the easiest way because somebody else has that question. So then I can address it on a bigger platform. Um, right. Email, I usually get to the email part when it's specific materials, because what happens is with email, I'm literally having to repeat everything. So that's why the platform is so great. 
Um, yeah. So that is literally the best way is that Facebook page for the people that are not normally on Facebook or whatever it may be. I mean, they've reached out to the salon, they've done that, but it's just, uh, there's so many ways to get a hold of people that I'm just trying to keep that straight too, you know, and sometimes my bail, you know, voicemail box is full. I'm like, ah, I got to get some of those off of there. But it just, it's just quantity of people. That's why doing that Facebook, being able to be efficient every time is the best. Yeah. Every, I mean, anybody that's uh, involved in social at all knows you could have a text coming through. You could have an Instagram message coming through. You could have a face. So like if you, if they keep it clean, they'll get to you and they'll get to you in the right way, in the right order, where their voice can be heard and where, you know, if they've got something that needs to be heard by everybody that you can you can go ahead and relay that out there. Um, that's awesome, man. I, I mean, what a what a cool conversation I feel like we've been able to have here. I feel smarter already. Yeah, I feel a little more dumb, but I, you know, I mean, I, you know, I hang out with you and Brian all day long. That happens daily anyway. So, you know, I'm, I'm cool with that. Um, Paula, before we, I'm going to pitch it to John in a second here, but um, before we kind of wind this down, I think it's appropriate. We'll do it a little bit differently today. Is there anything that we're leaving on the table that, that didn't get said that you were hoping you would have gotten to that we need to know or. I think that for a person that might be listening, saying, I only have five employees or, you know, my salon's not very big. Um, I don't think it'll make a difference. Uh, back to the story I just shared about Carrie Bennett in California, it, we did make an impact. So everybody can help in some sort of way. If they want to go to the PBA website, um, take action. So pba.org forward slash FICA action, which that's on my Facebook page too. They have an automated system that is great. So quantity, that's fantastic because a lot of these offices, when they see certain bill numbers that they are getting information on over and over again, like the rep the repetition to it, that also gets us noticed. So if at anything at all, that PDA site, just do it, just do it. And sometimes I tell people to do it a couple of times because then that automated email goes to your specific office that many times. You put quantity to that with many people, all of a sudden somebody's going to be like, why do we keep getting emails about HR 1349? Well, because I'm telling everybody on Facebook to do that. Okay. Um, so just doing that PDA part. The second part being able to say, okay, if you are someone in these districts that I am posting about, then, then just answer the call because you could be making a difference for the whole entire industry, but you can't sit and think about it because mm -hmm. the end of the year is going to be here fast. So yeah, I literally need people to do it like today. Now, how about this? I just did it while we're sitting here talking. I just signed up for your Facebook page. Okay. okay. So with that is, you know, if you want to do the next, that's a big step right there because now as that becomes on your radar of in your mm -hmm. feed, then you're going to say, oh, okay, I didn't realize she's looking for someone. And John, you've met many owners. So if all of a sudden I'm asking for help in at like Arizona, you know, I got this Arizona connection. Oh, we, we have Arizona. some people in Arizona. We got Arizona. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. We've got some <laughs> we people. Got we'll Arizona. talk about it on the call. Yeah, yeah. After the call. Oh, look at my poll. If you look at my poll, it says these specific, um, states. My, uh, my, my, uh, acceptance is in pending mode. So we have to finish your podcast so you can accept me. Yeah. Well, well then I'll look at the podcast. Uh, I'll make sure that you're in. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. yeah. yeah. 
Um, um, but yeah, we got pe- we got people in uh, in Arizona. We got yeah, you. yeah, yeah. We I mean we we hope to be able to make some connections. And if you happen to be on here and you you know maybe you know maybe outreach isn't your thing, but if you're you know you have a social media following, um, this is obviously something that you could help shout out as well. Maybe you know somebody again in these areas. Um, I think it would be worth it, you know, at minimum, a, you know, a story or two or three, mm-hmm. you know, uh, certainly a post if you're, you know, you're a salon owner and this is, this is going on in your salon too. So nobody's left out in this thing. This thing. Right. And, and I guess the other thing to make sure that we mention is the why factor, because everybody's like, what's in it for me or why should I do this? Here's why. Um, I shared a statistic at Serious Business. I shared a statistic at Serious Business where there was 75 business owners that went ahead and uh, sent me all this information that I'm asking, just their tip numbers. And it's almost $22 million that amongst these 75 business owners across the U.S. have facilitated in tips. I mean, this is a big tipping industry. Of that, that percentage that I talk about, so that middle part where we're stuck as business owners, it's cost us over $3 million to facilitate $22 million. Between seven, between just 75 yeah, yeah. salons. So just to make this, to make it really clear, the salon owners had to pay $3 million right. so I could get my tips. Correct. Right. Yeah. So combined, that's a combined. So yeah. overall, yeah. If in this industry, imagine how much more we can elevate it. So look, 100%. a lot of people look at business owners whatever industry, right? They look at them as they're probably sitting on the beach somewhere eating bonbons. And that is so untrue because what got us here is a lot of risk and a lot of guts, quite frankly, to be able to do what we're doing today. Well, and most salon owners don't even profit anyway. What's that? Most salon owners don't really profit. You know, they take home their chair money. They're They're at best trying to make ends meet. And the reality is they don't even know this percentage is going on. We, we talked to so many owners, you know, that basically their question is like, I don't know where the money's going. Yeah. I know it's coming in, but I don't know where it's going. And, and then again, the risky business thing starts to happen. Right. Well, this is the, uh, this is a spot again, that until people show it to you, because it doesn't seem like it's that, um, like cash flow is really what it boils right. down to. So you've got right. the money, you pay payroll, and then you turn around and you're like, how, why are we, why is right. What's going on? You know, there's this like little hole in a bucket. It's it's yes. like seeping through. So yes. then for us to be, so business owners really, let's face it, we're always reinvesting into our businesses all the time, whether it is to fix things or into our employees and all that stuff. But and it has to stop because you can only afford so much. So when you know that when there's money that actually is going out, but going out to the government on money you didn't ever make, this is where we can then elevate the industry with healthcare, yeah. paid time off, vacation, more education, all these things. Oh, like, I have, I, I've always experienced where people are like, "Hey, can we get this new piece of equipment?" It's like, uh, how, "How are we going to pay for that?" <laughs> you know, you don't just, you know, it, so just because you're making money, I mean, strategies, John, you know this. Just because you're making money, 
it's not making money. It's called revenue. Just because revenue is coming in doesn't mean that your expenses are in line to actually make a profit. So when you're, it's a struggle alone just to make a profit. But then when you're paying on stuff that you don't even have any part yeah, in, it's right, yeah. completely unfair. It's completely unfair. And it puts us at a disadvantage that you sit there and you're like, I don't know, maybe we'll start doing, I don't know, car washes, bake sales, something. I don't know. <laughs> so. Well, you know, doing some real quick, quick math, you know, the $6 million that you spoke of divided by 75 salons, that's $80,000 a salon. To your point, how much can you elevate your business? If you had an extra 80 grand kicking around, you know, there's so much more we could do as an industry. There's so much Actually, more it's we can 3 million. Do. It was 3 million. So even the 40,000, $40,000. Hey, listen, I'd love somebody to give me $40,000 you know, that I could do something with in my business. And that's on average. So like my, my numbers, again, it, it doesn't matter how big or small it is a relative percentage. So even if you collected a hundred dollars in tips or $500,000 in tips, that, that right. percentage never changes. The percentage never changes. Yeah. It impacts yeah. you the same as if I was looking at a salon in a much bigger market, the, the pain point is exactly the same, exactly the same. Dude, this has just been a killer conversation. I mean, I know you are soaking it in, and I'm watching you do math and look at the Facebook page and sign up and do all these things. I'm signed up. I'm ready to go. Um, I'm on Team Paula. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> tell me what, what you're pulling away from this conversation. and You know, um, first of all, it's Paula's passion, so thanks. Yeah. You know, you kind of need people like the Paulas in the world, you know, and not because you inspire me. To want to actually sit here in the middle of this podcast, look it up, and sign up while we're talking. And I think, you know, the industry needs people like you that are passionate about, you know, uh, a project. And this is obviously something you're really passionate about. So thanks for your pa passion. Thanks for your heart. And, you know, thanks for helping get the word out. And hopefully, you know, we get to make change before the election cycle starts and we have to do this again, right? Yeah. And to bring it full circle, it's the same way we started the conversation. You know, I have no business being in this business and I certainly have no business being in politics either. Okay. Mm -hmm. But in the meantime, I guess what I'm looking for everybody is, uh, that is the same in my team is trust me. Why wouldn't I trust the hairstylist that they're going to do a, a good haircut? Nobody wakes up in the morning saying, I can't wait to mess up a haircut today. Okay. Yeah. So I'm trusting that that person's going to do their job. And the same thing with this is I just need people to trust me. I hope that my track record here so far has been a proven fact, but just like in my industry, in my business, we're all trusting each other. We all have our different moving parts and, and I can help with certain things, but you got to trust me to do it. So I'm now taking that same approach to this and just saying, you do not have to know anything about politics because I just learned what I needed to do in order to get us there. All I need is people's trust and to be able to just be there for me and I will run as quick as I can. Thank That's you for beautiful. That. Thank you very much. Every time we have one of these conversations, I walk away with a little bit more than I knew before I came in and I love that about these podcasts. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, we also walk away with a lot of gratitude to our listeners. You know, we, we, we're watching those listens go up. We crossed the 20,000 mark just recently. Um, there, I, we, we hate to ask, but we know there's a few things we need to ask for. I don't hate asking. <laughs> Not even a little bit. Hey, for those of you who haven't heard me ask before, five-star reviews. You got the phone in your hand. It's down by your lap. I don't care where it is, but it's not that far away from you. Five-star reviews. 
You know you want to do it. You know you love this podcast. Share it with the world because every time you create a five-star review, an angel gets gets his wings. <laughs> Did you know that? Yeah. And while that angel is getting his wings, it helps us move up. Um, you know, it helps us get more noticed in the podcast world, helps share the message. And if you're really being served by this, which we hope you are, um, you know, we'd love for you to share that with some other salon owners. The other thing we're going to ask you to do is to follow us on Instagram at 124.go, as well as Facebook. We're going to get more active on our Facebook page. And so if you're a Facebooker, then uh, follow us on Facebook at 124.go. And um, if you're a grammar, please tag us in your stories, and we'll do the same uh, in ours. So thanks again for listening, everybody. We will see you on the next episode. Bye.